As I was working on this message, I went up to visit a friend in Fargo-Moorhead. This friend worked at a coffee shop up there and went to the coffee shop to, to see him. He's an old Bible college class, really good friend of mine. He was a roommate for a while. We'll call him John. And John and I were talking and had a great conversation and was really excited and encouraged just to, to catch up with him and, and to remember our times at the Bible College, remember ministry together, remember our partnership in the gospel. Partnership in the gospel, that's the name of the message today. And as John and I were talking, I was reading the word too and, and meditating on the scripture working on. The scripture says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation. What an awesome text. But the righteous will live by faith and faith alone. Beautiful gospel truth. What an awesome thing to get to preach. And as I was talking with John and working on the sermon, thinking about what am I going to say, you know, all the things that, you know, we stress about when we work on our sermons. One of John's co-workers, the other barista at the coffee shop, came up and just started to listen in on the conversation. And, and she's, you know, she's an 18-year-old girl, young girl. She asked, she said, did you go to the Bible college too? And I said, yeah, yeah, that's how, that's how John and I met each other. We went to Bible college. I went, I went there. It was a great couple years. And she said, oh, that's cool. Athelbus, right, in, in Minneapolis? I said, yeah, yeah. And she said, I applied there. I said, oh, great. And then she said, but they didn't accept me. And I thought, the Bible college said no to was." Why, 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 why is that? So I foolishly worked up the courage and said, if you don't mind me asking, why, why, did, why did they say no? And she said, because I'm gay. Okay, you know that moment <laughs> when your heart sinks and you know you're, you're in a situation where you're comfortable conversation or you know you're about to have a conversation if you continue in the conversation it's going to be uncomfortable for someone who is at work and probably doesn't want to have this conversation and doesn't want to get into the dynamics of that with a complete stranger my heart sunk I said oh okay well Jesus loves you and that's true is it not right church it's true but that's not the gospel. I'll admit to you that that was a moment of cowardice for me to get into it with her. Call it wisdom, call it cowardice, whatever you want to call it. I was ashamed. I was ashamed. And I think for all of us, we have moments with people in our lives where it's difficult to get into the reasons why Jesus died for you and me. As you think about family and coworkers and people, can you say, can you say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel? Sometimes maybe, but 
sometimes maybe not. College students, is it hard to have gospel, Bible conversations with people who are opposed to, to what you believe in Christ? It's true. Today I would propose to you that we need, we need a couple things. We need mutual encouragement from one another as believers. And we see that in the text. But ultimately, we need the gospel ourselves. Amen? Amen. Let's pray, and then we'll look at Romans chapter 1, verses 8 through 17 together. Father, uh, this is your word. Lord, I, I do ask that you would open our minds and hearts to receive the truth from your word, Lord. Not from my mouth, but from your word. Jesus, I ask that you would speak to each heart as you see fit. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the gospel of salvation. We thank you for the faith, the gift that it is, and the righteousness that we have in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Romans chapter 1, 8 through 17, reading in Jesus' name. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the world. For God, whom I serve in my spirit and the preaching of the gospel of his Son is my witness to, to, as to how unceasingly I make mention of you, always in my prayers making request. If perhaps now, at last, by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you. I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that often I have planned to come to you and have been prevented so far, so that I may obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. The righteous man shall live by faith. Amen. Just a little bit of context before we dig into this, okay? So Paul, the Apostle Paul, you're well familiar with, is writing to the churches, likely churches in Rome, right? There was probably multiple churches. Rome Rome was basically New York City of the day, right? All paths lead to Rome. It's the big city. Paul himself had never been to Rome. As you can tell, he's eager to, to, to get to know the people, to meet the people, to share in the faith together. But Paul didn't plant the churches in Rome because he, again, had never been to Rome. Can't prove it, but an interesting thought Many believe that the churches in Rome developed or came to be as a result of Pentecost, right? Remember Peter's sermon in Acts? 
Peter preaches the gospel and 3,000 are saved in a day and they went back into the world, it's very likely that many of those people went back to Rome and then began the churches in Rome. Years later, Paul is writing to the Romans, again, a church that he had never visited. And yet, they have something in common. They have this partnership in the gospel. They have this mutual faith. Notice what Paul says first in verse 8. He says, first, I thank my God for you. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the world. You'll notice he gives thanksgiving. He's grateful to have other people who believe who've been saved because of what Christ has done. He's grateful for their faith. He's grateful for their partnership. It's good to, have, it's good to know that there are other people who believe what we believe. I think we would do well to, to give thanks to God for our partners in the gospel. For me, that's you. You and I are partners in the gospel. I'm grateful for you. We're, Rachel and I are grateful for the time that we've had, for, for our time to get to know many of you. Would like to have gotten to know more of you better, such as life. And yet, so grateful for you. I think of Pastor Brett. I'm sure you're grateful for him. We miss him, of course. We're grateful for who your next pastor is going to be. Lord willing, we'll see who that person will be. Um, but he'll be a partner in the gospel as well. Hopefully one to encourage you in your faith. But it's not just the pastors, right? Of course not. It's definitely not. It's each other. It's the gift of each other. As you look around the room, I hope you're reminded today that you're partners with one another in this work of proclaiming the truth of Christ to the world. So as you look around the room, a little bit, eyes are, heads are starting to turn, smiles. Okay, that's good. No fists, I don't see any. Not on the surface, anyway. This Christian life is not meant to be done alone. You'll notice that Paul talks about the mutual encouragement that we have with one another, that he has, that he desires to have with the people in Rome. Again, people he doesn't even know for the most part. He knows some, but not most. No Christian is an island. We know the Christian faith is not meant to be lived out, you know, by ourselves. This is why we need church. This is why we need each other to be reminded and to be encouraged in the truth of what Christ has done amidst a world that tells us otherwise. Honestly, I've never understood the, those who say, you know, I've, I've got Jesus, but I don't need church. I've never understood that. Faith is strengthened when we meet together, when we pray together, when we hear the word together. Faith is strengthened when we sit down and have a meal together and share about what Christ has done in our lives. This is the kind of mutual encouragement that Paul desires. And I think we should desire that too, right? This life is not meant to be lived out alone. So again, as you look around the room, be reminded that you're partners together. 
Whatever issues there are, you can work through them. But I hope that you are reminded that you are not alone in this faith, in this life. Together we share in this hope of the true gospel. Again, the gospel that Paul is so eager to preach. Verse 15, he says, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Which leads us to verse 16. Verses 16 and 17 are are probably two of the best-known verses in Romans, which is probably one of the best-known books in all of Scripture. This is the theme of the book. Paul says, again, hear the words, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. He goes on to say, But the righteous shall live by faith. We admire Paul, don't we? I kind of believe him when he says he's not ashamed of the gospel. But if I'm honest with myself, I have moments at the coffee shop where it's it's not always easy to share, share with people. Is it difficult for you sometimes? You know, Christ said, whoever denies me before men, I'll deny before my father. Those are words I think we should take very seriously. Grace isn't cheap. What do I mean? Many of you, some of you, are probably familiar with Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yeah? Yes? No? A couple of heads nodding. All right. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a pastor during World War II. He lived in Germany. Okay? Imagine, imagine living in that time in Germany, World War II, but also being a pastor amidst everything that was going on. Can you imagine? He talked about cheap grace. Okay? I'm going to quote him here because I think this hits, hits the point. Bonhoeffer says, Cheap grace is is the preaching of forgiveness without repentance. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Hear this line. Grace without the cross. Costly grace is the treasure hidden in a field. It is costly because it cost a man his life. And I'll add to that, not just any man. Not just any man. When we say Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, that's a loaded statement. It's true, Jesus loves you. But it's not that Jesus loved you that saved you. It's the fact that he went to the cross. It's the fact that he came to earth, died on the cross, and rose again for the forgiveness of your sins for the forgiveness of my sins, and frankly, for the forgiveness of the sins at the girl in the coffee shop. Christ came to die for all. Though some will reject him, we know this. Grace is not cheap. It cost a man his life. So when we talk about the gospel, know first and foremost that the gospel is also for you, and the gospel is expensive Christ, God's own Son, laid down his life for you and for me. 
to the Jew and also to the Greek. Christ died for the homosexual as well. And Christ died for the coward who's afraid to speak his name and speak the truth about what he's done. You know, I think of Peter, right? Jesus' best friend, his right-hand man, right? You know the story. If anyone should have known who Jesus was and how incredible he was, <laughs> Peter witnessed the miracles. The man walked on water for crying out loud, right? He, know, he knew who Jesus was and what he was about. And yet, he denied him three times. Even Peter denied him three times. And we think about that interaction with the risen Lord and Peter and Jesus. They, Jesus forgives him, right? Jesus says, tend to my sheep. Jesus forgave Peter, even though Peter was ashamed of him. And it's through Peter very likely that this church came to be. The Lord wasn't done with Peter, just like he wasn't done with Paul, a murderer as well. And the Lord isn't done with you either. Where you've failed, the Lord can redeem that. Where you've been ashamed, where you've isolated yourself from Christian brothers and sisters, the Lord can redeem that. And he has at the cross. Know that he can still continue to use you to, to share the gospel, to proclaim it without shame, just like Paul does here. The Lord can still lead you and will lead you to that. The gospel's for everyone, and it's for you today. It's for me. Even when I'm afraid to, to tell this girl what, what Christ has done for her. And it truly is by faith, is it not, friends? When we look to ourselves, we only find the cowardice. We only find shame. We only find weakness. We only find our sin. But when we look to Christ, we find righteousness on our behalf. We find forgiveness. We find mercy. We find this very thing that Paul is so eager to proclaim to the world. The righteous shall live by faith. Sola fide, by faith alone. This is our banner. This is what we, this is what we cling to. Not by my works, Lord, but by yours. And only in this will we find salvation. Only in Christ will we find salvation. So as we leave here today, I hope you find encouragement both from one another, but ultimately that you find that encouragement in Christ. As you together come before him and see that he's paid it all, and that he'll lead you, and he'll strengthen you, and he'll encourage you, to take this gospel message to the world. Don't lose sight of how important the world, how important this message is to the world. Only Christ is, only salvation is found in Christ. They need to hear the truth. They need to hear the truth of their sin and their separation, but even more so of what Christ has done for them on their account. So grateful for you. Grateful to be partners in the gospel. I hope as, as we go our separate ways, as we continue on in our lives, we'll, we'll look to Christ and find encouragement from him and also from one another. Amen? Amen.